Welcome everyone to episode 100 of the Cod Casuals. We're your host Justin and I'm Mike. Mike, how you doing? Doing all right. All right. I'm, no, I'm doing <laughs> no, great. great. I'm doing great. Yeah, this is a, a different setting for us. Yeah, than if, normal. If like you we, guys um, are are listening on audio, definitely go to the YouTube because get the different YouTube surrounding. Pl- yeah, YouTube plug right away. Go yeah. to YouTube Cod Casuals. <laughs> you know, immediately right off the rip. Yeah, I mean, we uh, like I said, we we do every episode. Everyone knows we do it in mm-hmm. uh, at your place. Yep. In your room, and now we're in a uh, a conference room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, with the third person. Yeah. There. So definitely go to YouTube yes. to check this out because I know we've been hyping up this episode for a long time. A uh, hundred weeks in a row, big milestone for us. Hell yeah, Good man. we did, it. we did it. <laughs> um, but you know, let's just cut to the chase. You know, yeah, let's do it because we've got a very special guest, first ever guest on the Cod Casuals. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a little intro for this guy, right? Let's hear it. So he was a former Call of Duty pro player. He was the first Australian COD player to break out in the North American scene. He played on teams like Curse AU, Mind Freak, Tainted Minds, Reciprocity, and the Paris Legion. He is now the general manager of our hometown team, the Boston Breach. We welcome Denim Dens Taylor. Absolute beast. My friend, thank you for being here. Yeah, uh, thank you, man. It, it, it is a pleasure, and I, I love the intro. Honestly, I feel... I was going to say. Skyrocket high. <laughs> like, feel wow. Right? Yeah. The ego is Honestly, like... Honestly, <laughs> I'm so confident. <laughs> Get me back on the sticks after that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, we, we appreciate you taking the time to hop on the podcast, because, you know, our whole goal for this was to introduce more people to CDL, and all of a sudden, a Boston team popped up, and you became the general manager. And I know I've been watching you for like years now uh mike s2 yeah man it, it is an honor for us <laughs> no, <laughs> to be tr- sitting here. truly it is yeah. an honor you know it's weird like we were talking about this when we first talked um when was it was it at the modern warfare 2 release the when launch? it came out yeah. Yep. yeah and then we were just there and see like all the other pro players that are walking around and then we see you and me and justin are just like looking at each other trying to play it cool i'm like dude that's fucking dense right there, <laughs> and i'm like dude that's methods bro i'm like is this really what we're like we're around these people yeah right now? yeah it's very weird so i mean it's great to have you i mean we've been hyping it up on the podcast we had to skip the episode trying to get this scheduled so we're we're thrilled to finally have you mm-hmm. um and yeah just to start off like super super basic question because everyone knows you know there's the people who are in the CDL yep. are going to watch it. They know who you are. They don't need the whole intro. But for the people who are watching who don't know who you are, give us a little give us a little insight. Who are you? You know, who is Dens? Who am I? Who um, I guess I'm just more, more so just like a, a COD fanatic, obviously. Um, being a professional player, I'm just constantly 24-7 about COD. Um, and at the time in... At a time in my career, it was kind of like, do you hang up the sticks? And it's such a difficult decision. Um, but when I was in Australia and I was playing at a professional level, I also got my marketing degree. So mm-hmm. I was pretty confident that I could wiggle my way through like uh, the COD esports ecosystem. Um, so yeah, I'm a COD, an avid COD person. Um, I think I like to think I'm pretty smart. Um, I like sports. That's kind of how I've got like my competitive mm-hmm. desire in Call of Duty. Um, and yeah, like other than that, there's not too not too much about me <laughs> <laughs> besides <laughs> cod, cod, cod. Um, I, mean, I, I guess uh, like lead off of that, right? Like, did you start off playing cod like when you were younger, or did you did you play any other games? Yeah, um, I think. 
uh, the only reason I got into Call of Duty was because I used to play football or soccer. As yeah. Americans would say, <laughs> um, that was a really good yeah. uh, American yeah. impression. There's soccer, <laughs> hard R. Um, and I was on holidays with my cousins, and actually severed the tendon in one of my toes. Mm-hmm. So I was on crutches for like eight weeks, and obviously in that time, I was sitting my fat ass down on the on the couch, and I was playing World at War. That was my first ever COD game. Um, it was interesting because I went to like the Best Buy of Australia and I was like, yeah, dad, we need to get the newest COD. And I'm like, I don't know, probably like 12 at a time. And he's like, you know, Call of Duty, like this looks violent. Like, Read it to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Especially that one too. Yeah, yeah, like people's legs are blowing yeah, off, yeah. flying off, blood's yeah. going everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so we, we, we bought that and I had like a... I, I was just playing campaign because we didn't really, I wasn't really big on the multiplayer and I didn't know too many of my friends in school that like played multiplayer. It was just like, yeah, have you finished Zombies? Have you done the campaign? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, like done this, done that. Um, but my dad's pretty like, he's like a tech dad. So like he knew what was going on with the internet, mm-hmm. he's, all the devices, um, started multiplayer and yeah, found my way through that kind of avenue so the reason I went COD's because I got injured and that was pretty much like I wouldn't say my first game because I've played like FIFA and whatnot. Um like all the typical like sports games yeah all the typical Those sports games, games. FIFA, Madden, FIFA. yeah um and I used to have the original Xbox so I think it was like Ghost Recon was like the first oh the OG Xbox yeah yeah I remember that um yep. and I was playing campaign on that and everyone's like yeah you should get Xbox Live and Halo, and I'm like, I'm 10 years old. I don't have money to for Xbox Live. Like, um, but yeah, that's kind of where it, where where it all started. That, yeah. The gaming obsession. That's wild, man. I mean, we didn't, we didn't even discuss this before, but that was my first COD too. Was World of War, and it was like the same exact story. You know, as I got it, and I was I was scared shitless playing that game. Yeah. You know, because it was just like you said, it's gruesome. You know, and then seeing like you remember when you beat the campaign, you get Nazi zombies unlocked. Yeah, and it's like that whole image of like <laughs> it kind of f- it, like fades in and out. It's it's scary. Yeah, you know. But yeah, uh, same thing. I was campaign guy like through and through, just playing it, um, and then going into it. World of War underrated COD. I you know maybe it's nostalgia, but I I, I think it's like, nostalgia. I was like I, that game is so good. It, oh yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> I I can't speak on it because yeah. that that wasn't my first COD. My first COD was uh. Very original, MW two. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I went back and played World at War with uh, one of my buddies because they had the co op campaign, yeah. and like that's great. Yeah, but, well, well, World of War though, that was like like with you with the multiplayer experience because I played on the PS two. There was a uh, Finest Hour, Call of Duty Finest Hour. You ever heard of that one? No. That was I don't even think there might have been multiplayer for that. People listening are correct. So yeah, there was, but I didn't. <laughs> I didn't have online on PS two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when that game came around, it was like right around COD 4 and then World of War. And then I think after that was MW2. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's when the yep. whole online scene came in. So you said you started playing a little bit of online in World of War. Like yeah. You kind of got into it. And then where did it go from there? Like, were you just kind of playing it casually, enjoying the game? And then you started realizing you're really good. Like, what was the the growth from there? Yeah. I mean, I was just playing like public matches. And then like I get like messaged from like 
like back then like nobody really had a bluetooth mic or anything but i got a message from a guy his name was chang gang 101 mm-hmm. he's like do you want to be part of my snd team and i'm like i have no idea what's going on Shout i'm just chang gang <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> Uh, but the funny story is I was like yeah sure and anyway he's taking me into this private match and he's like he's like um, and my name at the time was Junior JT which is John Terry because I used to like Chelsea Football Club some other people say Justin Timberlake but that's not true right (laughs) (laughs) Um, and he's like yeah like then well Junior JT like you're going to be the guy that plays bathrooms on Asylum and I'm like okay okay cool um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'd have to message him because I didn't have a mic. Right. Yeah. And then after that, I deleted the account because I was like, these guys are fucking nerds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is this shit? Yeah. Um, so I made a new account um, because I was so weirded out by like the competitive, how nerdy mm-hmm. geeky it was. I'm like, that's not yeah. me. I'm a cool kid. Right. Like, you, I play you sports. Play yeah. Right. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. this ain't me. Yeah. Um, and then I made a new account and then I just ran into some other guys and we're just pubbing about again, like in mm-hmm. um, headquarters, trying to get as many kills as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then got into like the forums, mm-hmm. um, signed up for some tournaments um, and just try to like, I was like a little 12 year old and I was playing with like people that were, like 19, 20 um just shitting on other kids yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) um and i'm like telling my dad i'm like dad i need a i need a bluetooth device he's like what do you need bluetooth for and i've got this you know back then the fat tvs and whatnot Mm -hmm. oh yeah um and i'm playing it in the living room so like us yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. crisscross staring (laughs) up yeah right yeah yeah Yeah. you're looking up bigger the better yeah yeah and you know my mum and dad whenever i was playing it's like i had to turn it down so there wasn't uh gunshots firing throughout the house kind mm-hmm. of thing <laughs> um and then yeah kicked off and then just kind of found my way through the australian gaming forums mm-hmm. so yeah. what did that look like the australian gaming forums because i'm not very familiar with yeah. it yeah <laughs> was it like was it easy for you to find people to be playing with at the time like these guys who were 1920 were they just people that you came across and they were like Hey, you're really good. You know, you want to party up and we'll just play and yeah. progress from there. Like, what does that look like? It was kind of the latter. It was kind of like, hey, like, because I've gotten headquarters, so I'd always verse these guys. There was like Carno, Pachoch, um, all these guys that would party up in, in a party of six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know anybody that played, so I was just by myself and I was just being so annoying. And anyway, they invited me to a party, um, into the PlayStation chat. Obviously, I didn't have a Bluetooth yet. Um, and then yeah and then I started getting invites to that and then they'd sign us up for tournaments like I didn't do anything I was just like yeah sure yeah mm-hmm. uh, am I available seven actually no I got like training or not right um, but I did like going around and just because they were good well what I thought was good these days it <laughs> might be like cringe <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah just um, yeah probably if, if they were to play rank today They'd definitely be on the lower tier. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah. I thought they were good at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The competition just, level was like nothing. Yeah, it was nothing. Know, yeah. Back then for sure. How, uh, how I was gonna ask, like like you rising through the ranks of the Australian like COD players, 
Um, I know, like, in the NA scene, like, in all the older CODs, it was always North American players are always better. Yep. They don't focus on, like, European players, uh, Australian players, like, no one really even thought about. Same with the Asian players. Like, it was all North American. Like, how is that for you breaking into the North American scene, like, finally? Because I remember seeing you, uh, seeing you play, and I was like, holy shit, this guy is so fucking good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I guess... When was it? Like, I mean, in Call of Duty Ghosts, mm-hmm. um, that was when I attended my first LAN. So mm-hmm. that was 2014. Um, that was even my first Australian LAN. So like, mm-hmm. um, and then we won the championship, like the APAC championships, and we'll go into Call of Duty champs. And it's a funny story on why I decided to like go to these LANs and switch over to Xbox. Um, it's because I saw one of my friends... One of my long-term, uh, long-time friends, um, Damage or Damage mm-hmm. Geek, he was actually with me in Curse AU and Trident T1 Dotters. Um, he showed me like this YouTube stream or Twitch stream of Fariko Impact in Black Ops 2 um, and Call of Duty Champs. And I was just like, I was looking at it, I was like, that didn't look that good. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, "So you want to make a team, and we'll look for two other people." Like, yeah, like why not? Let's give it a go. I'll like, mm-hmm. I'm playing anyway every day, so sure. Um, and then yeah, we come fifth at champs. Mm-hmm. These Australians from out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. We had like Unreal S and D, and um, we won like seventy five thousand US dollars. And at the time, like from Australia, like that's a good chunk of change for like mm-hmm. casually playing so to speak um and how old are you at the time i was 19 yeah that's a good chunk of change at, uh, yeah i was gonna 19. say that's a good that's yeah. pretty good money yeah, yeah. right now yeah. that ain't bad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i'll take it right now too um <laughs> yeah. for sure um but that's kind of when i was like my mom and dad were like really like oh like our son's talented and he can kind of make like mm-hmm. a, a thing out of this as well um but yeah, and then from then onwards, even the next year after that, we come sixth of champs. But it was always hard to go to like multiple tournaments because mm-hmm. coming from Australia to America, it's like flights are two grand each, mm-hmm. accommodations are two grand. So having someone to pull $10,000 out of their pocket isn't the easiest ask. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then that's when in around World War Two when we got to come over to Columbus and we do the pro league, mm-hmm. um, the land hosted pro league. Uh, and I remember my mum saying at the time, it was kind of like, I don't want like no ifs or buts or maybes. Like you got to go a hundred percent. Cause mm-hmm. if you don't go a hundred percent, you will always go or oh, like, what if I went hard or what if I did this? Um, yeah. you didn't want to regret anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, and even in world war two, I was, we were okay as mind freak, um, but I was like looking at looking at jobs and like in the esports scene mm-hmm. because I was like the stability for an Australian person to play in North America is very difficult, mm-hmm. and then it's like you need visas, you need a place to stay, like it's a big investment. Um, and I was lucky enough at the end of the that cycle where reciprocity was like, "Yep, we'll pick you up," and here's the contract terms. And I showed mm-hmm. my parents, and they're like okay sure like go for it right like you got a place to stay um and that was that, that was super awesome mm-hmm. yeah no i i can only imagine man because 
uh, it sounds like your parents are very open about uh, whatever you do, put 100% into it, and they're completely fu- completely fine with it. Yeah. I mean, that they were very supportive, obviously, when I was younger, and I was, I mean, I'm not going to lie, like, I was a terror of a child as well. So, like, you know, they say you've only got two hours, and I'm saying, Mom, i got to, like, i got a competition, like, I can't get off now and you know the classic you know can't you pause it kind of right, right, <laughs> yeah, right, like right, yeah. no I you're can't pause it, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not understanding yeah. yeah um so you know there were there were moments where with my parents there was a lot of back and forth mm-hmm. and um you know I'd chuck a tantrum if like it was really important or I thought it was really important and they would get upset you know that I'm like disinvested into something where it's like mm-hmm. put myself in their shoes now that now, now that i'm older it's like mm-hmm. you could just see it's like oh like i'm wasting my time kind of thing right mm-hmm. yep. um so yeah that was a hurdle but mm-hmm. once the paypal checks started yep. coming through it was kind of like mm, hold up a second yeah. like yeah there's something more to this than we know <laughs> right mm-hmm. yeah that's what i was wondering is like you're saying about the support um which I'm assuming it got a lot better when you started making good money from playing. Um, was it a bit of a rocky start at first when you were just like coming up like through the Australian league, trying to play like these local local tournaments and then somehow ending up playing in COD Champs and winning that kind of money? Like was there a turning point where your parents were like, they saw from an event, they're like, okay, like you're making money from this. This looks to be something that could be sustainable and we're really going to like push all the chips in with you on this yeah i think i mean the money wasn't crazy in australia like going through the ranks like i mean i know when it was like modern warfare 2 or something i'd be like getting like 300 dollars every like three months just playing like the tournaments and whatnot um but 300 dollars when i was 13 was like million dollars yeah <laughs> yeah i was yeah. like you know rocking around in school thinking yeah. oh yeah i can buy anything i want kind right, of thing right. yep. um but yeah, so there was a time it was Black Ops 3 and they did the regional um, league. Mm-hmm. So the EU, APAC and NA. Um, and then that's where all the prize distribution was for each region. Um, and we were the best team there. So we kind of got, I think it was like, I think it was like 45,000 US for whoever came first place in Australia. Um, so that was like probably when it started getting like serious where I, my parents would like fully support it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, even today, like the APAC prize pool is just, there really isn't a prize pool for APAC. Mm-hmm. Um, so then after Black Ops 3 and you come into your other games and Infinite Warfare and whatnot, um, yeah, it was. I did have to go to uni, so there was like they felt good that I was doing something mm-hmm. and not completely hundred um, percent. But yeah, how was uh, how's balancing like uh, uni or college as we call it in the U.S. <laughs> uh, balancing like you know school and being a, a pro player at the time? Yeah, I mean, I would how I would do it is. I would pretty much book all my classes at the start of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd play till 2 a.m. or whatever the case may be, wake mm-hmm. up at 6 a.m., get through my classes by 12, mm-hmm. get back home, 
nap, <laughs> repeat the process, mm -hmm. like play and then eat. Um, and yeah, just keeping that. Mm -hmm. Very healthy. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I kind of like, like I said, like when I was younger, I felt like I didn't have to do too much studying or anything to mm -hmm. kind of like just get me through. So, you know, I was like, okay, if I got a B, I got a B. It's, I could get an A if I wanted to, mm -hmm. but I'm like, I don't want to because right. I want to yeah. play Call of Duty. Yeah, instead. I was gonna, yeah, like <laughs> what, like that was your ultimate goal. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. not to get an A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh, like, and then you know, I, I was kind of lucky because it's like I did have that kind of natural smartness about myself mm -hmm. without sounding cocky or anything, um, which allowed me to kind of spend more time on COD. No, that, that that's cool because um, I know like when we were growing up, right, like. At least my parents, I would game for like hours and hours. My my parents would be like, "What are what are you doing?" Like, they took my PlayStation away. You remember that? Like, oh yeah. I've been, I've been on playing games with you. All of a sudden, like disconnect. My, my, <laughs> I'm just gone. I'm like, bro, what happened? Yeah, we're we're in a round eleven. Gone. <laughs> um, no, yeah, like like you said, growing up. Now though, I I understand where uh, my parents are coming from. Yeah. Now you know it's again like me personally like i was never trying to be a pro player or anything i was just playing games just because all my friends were um but i remember showing my parents like look at these guys like they're professional players and i remember my dad talking to me and saying like is this what you want to do like this is like the top one percent of people in the world that are doing this and i remember like in my head like yeah they're not that good yeah i, yeah. I can do it um but obviously like i never uh, approached it or even tried um but yeah, now like looking back, I'm like, yeah, there's no shot I would have had. Yeah. <laughs> You're watching like what was what like Nate shot and Scump and all yeah. those guys. Yeah. Playing MW3. I'm like, I'm, them. I'm better than them. Yeah. No, it's like we we're talking <laughs> about like you're saying earlier, playing like what it war. You think how good you were back then. But mm -hmm. now when you look at it, hindsight, yep. you're mm -hmm. probably like, Jesus Christ, that was probably awful. Yeah. You know, <laughs> playing on this like 50 inch flat screen TV, just like sitting down, looking up, yep. you mm -hmm. know. Yeah, I mean, it's different, too, because, I mean, we're not that much different in age. You're a couple years older than us. We're 24, 25. Mm -hmm. um, if you're surprised by that or not. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm 28. I'm getting, yeah. uh, I'm getting on. <laughs> but when we were, I mean, you felt it, too. I mean, we were just, there was a, I don't know what the word is, but kind of like a, a weird aura around gaming at the mm -hmm. time. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. it wasn't as accepted as it is now where like, I mean, you have these kids who are coming into this facility, right? Um, and they're, you know, 12 years old, 11 years old with their parents. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's so sick. You know, yeah. it's so mm -hmm. cool to see like mom and dad that are here and like, hey, you want to go play games? Because I'd be sitting down playing my games and my mom and dad be walking by just like... <sighs> Shaking, <laughs> yeah, shaking yeah, their yeah, head yeah. like you know yeah. i'm over here just looking like a psychopath playing <laughs> playing cod yeah. and playing these racing games and stuff um yeah it's it's very different now i think it's why you've seen such a shift with mm -hmm. a lot of young people coming into to gaming yeah i think as well like the parents are more accepting of it because they realize like how much gaming can like obviously games fun and entertainment but there's a lot of like educational mm -hmm. ways you could go about gaming like communication with your your son or your daughter like having that bond um which probably really didn't happen back in the day it was like not many times you'd like myself included it's like okay i play games casually like now and again with my dad but i wasn't like 
what it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like the social norms and like you said, more they're definitely more accepting these days. Mm-hmm. Um, where instead of like parents trying to fight their kids, it's kind of like, okay, my kid wants to play a game. Let's play a game together. Let's have this as a actual time spent together as opposed to probably back when we were doing stuff would be like mm-hmm. sports hey let's go play catch yeah yep. physical yeah. activity yeah help yeah. you motor skills their mm-hmm. skills um but now it's very different it's kind of like okay communication skills mm-hmm. hey do, what do i need to do um so yeah it is as you grow older you're like learning and knowing all these different things which is interesting yeah, yeah. It's, it's really cool to see now you know like again we feel like we're old you know, in it, because mm-hmm. there's these people who come up and they think that we're old being like, you yeah. know, well, which is which I want to point out, I think it's wild that well, I'm 24. He's you're about to turn 25. Yeah. Right? And we're called like dinosaurs. In the scene. <laughs> I think I think that's crazy. Bro. I'm like, <laughs> man, I still feel you're 28. That's not old at all. And, you oh, know, thank we, you. We, Dude, trust me, that's not old at all. <laughs> bro, if you were 65, we'd be saying something. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Dog. Um, <laughs> Well, we were at the land uh, yesterday that uh, the Boston Breach held. Shout out mm-hmm. to them. Um, yep. And, you know, all these kids are like, how old are you? Like 19, 20, 21. And one of our buddies, he's uh, 20, 22. Yeah, he's yeah. 22. He was like, yeah, these guys are old. I'm like, dude, you're 22. Yeah. You're getting up there. If you, You're calling us old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, man. Um, but I want to say, though, like these younger kids, they do have to put some respect on like the older guys. Because yeah. we do have the experience in, in COD. Well, you know, that's something I think that happens, too, as you get older. You definitely, like we were saying, uh, you just get better and better. And I think, like, your like your thought and the way you think of the game gets better as you get older, you know? I mean, I don't want to not talk too much about it right now. We'll save mm-hmm. it later. Like, the CDL, you always notice that, like, older players, they tend to be more of, like, the strategy people, yep. you know, because they have that experience. They've been doing it for, you know, decades. Yep. And they yep. just, you know they have that time that the younger guys, they don't have that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, I know when I was a kid and same with you, all it was just go, just go, just go, just go <laughs> Yeah, and get a couple kills and you're good. Yeah. Um, yeah. but nowadays, you know, I, I feel like a lot of the older guys, like we think a lot more about, okay, maybe we shouldn't push the certain angle. Maybe we should hold this position instead. Um, and you know, with this podcast, Mike and I, we give like some tips every now and then. Ooh. Just uh, about, little nuggets yeah. of wisdom, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Um, sprinkling. I, I'm like really big on positioning yep. in COD because I think that's how you win the game for the most part. Like winning gunfights because when you're ranked, at least for the most part, everybody can shoot straight. Yeah. Um, but to win a game, in my opinion, it's all positioning and winning your single gunfights. Yep. I, li- I like that you said that because I am a big. Ooh, I used to be a big positioning player. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can make yourself being in positions where you have a 70-30 gunfight um it's like why would you not mm-hmm. take your your percentages i'm more i'm a lot about percentages like mm-hmm. okay this percentage play is probably gonna work the most i even say to the guys i'm like hey if you have a one percent chance of winning a, a play mm-hmm. and if you can do something different you can have now a two percent chance of winning a play you've doubled your odds right mm-hmm. which yeah. in any facet of chances or life or anything like if you can double your double your odds of mm-hmm. like something good coming out or something you would yeah. take it a hundred percent of the time yeah um but yeah yeah I, and i uh me personally i definitely noticed that uh when you were a player on uh reciprocity that's when 
Uh, I started to really, really follow like competitive cut. I watched like every single match, every single weekend. Um, that team, by the way, that content house was like gold. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the content from that house. Um, but uh, Mike and I like were huge fans of Black Ops Four. I don't know how you feel about the game. Uh, I, from a uh, viewer, it was amazing. It was yep. great watching you guys play, and like there are so many insane like highlights. Um, like, how did you feel at the time playing that game? Because I know a lot of people in the competitive scene didn't enjoy it because it wasn't fair. I guess. I guess. Um, but yeah, like, what what are your thoughts like at yeah. that time? Yeah, I mean, Black Ops Four. I was, um, I was a big fan of Black Ops Four. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, throughout the reciprocity, there was a time where I was on the bench and then I came back in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, I got to play alongside, um, Dylan Cod, Zach, mm-hmm. uh, Alex, um, and Brad Wuskin. Um. And maybe I like it because we were good at it. And like our team cohesion and like mm. chemistry was just like off the charts. It's, I feel like having people you like playing with and whatnot, mm-hmm. it's always makes the game more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not frustrated because something happened, but like I liked it. Um, obviously you have to come up against Simp and Abizi when I had an ICR and they had a sword was always <laughs> frustrating I'm not gonna lie to tell the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like you see that on your screen and you're like I'm bracing for this gunfire right here like I know he's probably gonna kill me but I just mm-hmm. you just have to take it um, but yeah I, I mean I liked it there wasn't too much that we were ever like annoyed about or like frustrated about too much mm-hmm. um, because it's like I mean, the motto these days is you can do it too. So, mm-hmm. yep. uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just like we have one of the best guys, um, mm-hmm. and specialist wise. I mean, I, I guess that's like we have the turning points, mm-hmm. um, but it is give and take. Like we would have specialists that we would be using that would just turn the game on its head, and you're like, holy shit, mm-hmm. this comeback's like real. I don't know if if you both remember the series against Luminosity and Dylan Codd got like 20 kills yes, in like yeah, yeah. two and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like insane. <laughs> yeah. um, mm-hmm. Only he could do it on that game mm-hmm. and maybe maybe Simp, I guess. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. Um, but yeah, I liked the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like some things personally, it was like I wasn't a big fan of crack aiming. Yep, My fingers mm-hmm. start... Yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, for people, you're talking that, to the the king of crack uh, aiming over here. Yeah, <laughs> for, for I watch you all day over here. Just so like, yeah, <laughs> no, the people that didn't play Black Ops for like you know what crack aiming is um, on the on the Maddox. Uh, for me, at least, it's uh, L1, and I would just aim it at, in and out, in and out, and your shots would just shoot perfectly straight. Yeah, lasers. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I mean that was the time. I love Black Ops for. I've put in so many hours. Like well, the days into oh, that yeah. game. No, I remember. Days. <laughs> I remember with Black Ops Four, I had skipped that year. So this was when we were in uh, college. We were in college, yeah. and we went to different schools. And then I had stopped playing COD. Right? Mm-hmm. I think it was. I think that was. I skipped that year. Yeah, for, yeah. For whatever reason, yeah. I yeah. didn't play that year. And then mm-hmm. I came back from Modern Warfare. Oh, and yeah. I think it was because it looked. The same as BO3. That's what that, the ground. Yeah, no, yeah. you're quoting me. That's yeah. literally what I had said. I was like, uh, it looks basically like BO3. And I love BO3, don't get me wrong, but I was like, you know, it's college. 60 bucks is like a million dollars. I'm like, mm. yep. you know, I yep. don't know. I'm going to hold off. Mm-hmm. And then MW came out. 
So then we switched to BO4. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. he was like, bro, Black Ops 4 is where it's at. Mm-hmm. Really, really good game. And went ham on that game. I went from level one and just like we put in, we probably got 20, 30 days on that game. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. And um, everything about that game, the maps, the guns, you know. Yeah. And that game had like a thousand levels too in pubs. And I got all the way to level a thousand in that, just prestiging. 10 times and then i was just grinding that game i love that game um and then i was really sad that the you know competitive season was over because <laughs> i didn't get to watch you guys play anymore um but no i yeah i just want to hear your perspective on it just because it's interesting to see because a lot of pro players from you know from what we've seen on twitter and stuff they hate that game a lot of uh casual players too hate that game so yeah i mean i don't like I mean, at the time while you're competing, you're, there's always like little things that irritate you. But then, yeah. like you look back and you're like, I mean, every time a new COD comes out, there's always there's always something that's like you have to like overcome or like there's a hurdle. Um, but I mean, like I look back, about the maps were good, mm-hmm. the team was good. <laughs> like I thought we were like a top three team. So it's like. If like, you're winning, the game is yeah. amazing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If exactly. you're losing, it's not you; it's the game. Exactly. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah, you summed it up perfectly. Yeah. 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 Well, I was going to ask you too, though. You know, because we come from like you know, again, on the casual side of how we think about the game and things that we like and don't like. You know, you at this time, like obviously, you're a pro player. You don't think about the game the same way that we do. You know, are you able to kind of think about the differences when you were playing, coming up, thinking about Call of Duty compared to? when you started playing professionally in the CWL into the CDL, like, did you think about the game in a much different way? Um, not, not really. Like, so I've, I've always played like the competitive, like we had like very bare bones, uh, like coming up, it was, we used to base our like rules based off like pro mod, COD4 pro mod. So that was like two SMGs, two ARs and, mm-hmm. a, and a scope at all times. Um, so at least that was like the Australian way of doing things. Um, so yeah, we had like bare bones rule sets. Where it was just like you, your gun, your flash, go out and kind of just see who the better person is with like not variables um, mm-hmm. affecting gameplay. And these days you have 105 attachments just for one attachment. Um, like the pro players are like losing their heads over like, oh, this guy's got f-tac muzzle this guy's got the f-tac compensator <laughs> like i don't know which one to go for and whatnot <laughs> right uh-huh. um so i kind of liked a lot of i'd say like standard basic um but then i know from like the outside looking in they want more variability it's like oh why do competitive people only use two guns um i just think when you come to the point where you're like in the top 0.001 percent it's like you will find out every exploit possible Mm-hmm. every like gun like how the gun feels like there's cods always had like stats released about the gun mm-hmm. and it's like okay this objectively is the best gun but majority of the time it's like it doesn't feel like the best mm-hmm. gun like yeah yeah subjectively it's like this mm-hmm. feels much better um than xyz yeah um but yeah i mean i just i've had like pretty much the same mentality uh through my years of like growing and through CDL, but yeah. mm-hmm. now I'm on the general manager side. I actually also look a lot towards like the audience and the fans are like, what kind of excites me? Cause we're, this is now a product that 
we're trying to sell to more people. Right. Like how can we yeah. make this exciting? Like the pros like pretty much got bullied about snipers being mm-hmm. in the game. They said, oh, the snipers got GA'd and then Twitter went wild and then the snipers were back in, right? Right. Yeah. Which we talked was, about before. People don't know it. GA is like a gentleman's agreement. Yeah. So they're all rules that the pro players, this is not like, would say, would you agree? It's not like announced by the CDL as yep. to what these are. This is all on Twitter yep. where you tend to find mm-hmm. out about, like us, you know, you'd find <laughs> yeah. out about this as to what the, the pro players be mm-hmm. like, hey, we're going to have this in the game and this not in the game because to make the game more balanced, right? Yeah, it's because the, the, the feedback and the turnaround from the developers isn't as quick as we'd hope it to be. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, we have a Band-Aid solution mm-hmm. of Gentleman's Agreement. Um, and the developer also takes a lot of public data mm-hmm. that sometimes doesn't reflect a competitive uh, outlook. And Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely, because when uh, Mike and I were loading into Ranked, you know, these GAs, uh, we follow the West G- out there. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, we like to compete competitively, like in Ranked and stuff, so, right? It's Ranked. And mm. we follow the GAs, right? Because I feel like if you follow competitive, you have to just follow them. Yeah. Um, but then you load into Ranked, and people are still using the M4. M4 galore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> and, you know. There are a bunch of other weapons that you can still pick that the pros don't use. Yep. And it, in my head, Mike knows this is my biggest pet peeve. I hate playing against other players when I know I'm at a disadvantage at all times. Yep. So, you know, when I'm getting beaned by an M4, I'm like, I can't, I can't stick with the attack. Yeah, you I can't. know. It's yeah. just, it's not fair. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I wish uh, the developers were able to somehow communicate with the CDL and like the pros more and get these GAs uh, into the game, like yep. just those, like the M4, for example, you shouldn't even be able to click on it yep. and yep. choose it. Um, but that's what makes COD like super interesting, right? Like we're s- still so young into the scene and I know there's been a bunch of problems with the developers and like pro players and stuff. Um, if you guys don't know, like it's all over Twitter. Like there's, I feel like there's always drama on Twitter all the time. That's how everybody knows. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, you don't need to go too much into it, but what's a relationship like between, you know, I guess the pro players and the CDL uh, talking to the developer like Activision? Yeah, I mean, there is a, a play relations uh, mm-hmm. person um, at the home of Activision and they talk to the players constantly mm-hmm. and there's like a, a rep chat and the players are like, hey, we want to put this forward and uh, this is getting GA'd mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um and then they obviously take their concerns, whatnot, to the developer. Mm-hmm. And then the developer says, okay, well, what's your solution to it kind of thing? Um, and then there's just other aspects where it's just, it just takes, like they take the idea on board, but they have to have, like their business is like, okay, well, we need to know what our patch for this 1st of February is mm-hmm. going to be. Yep. We need to know that by the 1st of December. Yeah. So it's like a two-month turnaround. Uh-huh. And it's like, okay, well, because mm-hmm. we can't do that. Um, then it's like, okay, now it's just a waiting game. Mm-hmm. And then when we want something GA, we pretty much GA something within a week. Mm-hmm. And then the developer's probably like, yep, okay, that's going to take us two, three months. Mm-hmm. Um, and then behind the scenes, there's a lot of uh, expectations, I guess, for the league. And then 
the CEO League also then has to communicate with Activision Blizzard and developer mm-hmm. and you know they are getting better mm-hmm. like even allowing us to create our own blueprints and our own camos mm-hmm. um, and actually getting them into the store uh, there are deadlines that come through mm-hmm. um, but from like a, a gameplay point of view it's also difficult because I guess like blueprints and camos are like money makers mm-hmm. for Activision so that's definitely on the priority list of a business right. much yeah. higher than yeah. oh let's make sure they can't select them for like mm-hmm. they're like yeah. dollar signs <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but yeah I'm hoping over time that kind of the, the kinks kind of like mm-hmm. unfold um, but yeah it's a, it's a work in progress yeah um, but yeah yeah, no, I, I would totally agree because I know um, you and I have had this conversation many times about, you know, we've been playing COD for over a decade um, and I get where the pro players are coming from about this shouldn't even be in the game, the stuff's broken, but then me, like, I work in finance, but I work with um, a lot on the tech side, yep. the tech team, so I understand those, like, turnaround times and trust me, like, I get super annoyed too. I'm like, ah, why can't we get this fixed faster? <laughs> but then I see the amount of work that it actually takes to yep. put into it. I'm like, okay, I can't, I need to take a step back and realize, you know, this takes a while. And even if the fix uh, is pretty quick, there's like upper management that has to go through all these approvals. Then it's finally in the game. Yeah. Um, I know <laughs> we've said that on Twitter a few times and we got destroyed. Oh yeah. By the, they don't like the voice yeah. of reason. Yeah. You know. It's always very one sided. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you can't have that on Twitter, <laughs> mm-hmm. but no, I mean, you're right. It's a business and they've got their mm-hmm. priorities and you know, I, you would, you'd hope that it could be something that could be fixed within, you know, mm-hmm. 24, 48 hours, but that's just not reality. Yeah. You know, um, but I was going to follow up with that, you know, like the whole process of GAs and whatnot. Um, I mean, we'll go back to this in a little bit, but you know, you, you go, you're playing in the CWL, then turns into CDL, and you end up going into this general manager role. Has your thought on GAs and like the whole process, has it changed like since you've become from going a player to now being in this role? Do you think about it differently or manage the players, how they talk about it? You're like a bit more level-headed about it? Yeah, I think as a player, it was kind of... Um, there's a lot of bias in GAs. Um, you know some people just the way teams are formed and even I like as a general manager I'm like if my team has got the best SMGs in the game I want to nerf their ARs let's get rid of the M4 right Mm -hmm. Um, but that's so much bias in that in Mm -hmm. itself it's like okay why are the players kind of being able to dictate what's most beneficial and advantageous for themselves and for Mm -hmm. the team Um, which is why it's like as a general manager, I was like trying to, I mean, I'm also very selfish as a general manager. Like what works best for my team, I also want to happen. Um, but then I've also got the competitive aspect and the business aspect. It's like, okay, if this is an exciting game, then people will be able to come to, like people want to watch it. Sweet, now we can market to, for our watch party, get the mm-hmm. team involved to meet these guys. Um, but if it's just a bland, boring game, then it's like we're just losing our market, mm-hmm. marketable audience, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm a selfish general manager in terms of 
I want the best for my team, which is also bias. But I also see the the bigger picture, like with the snipers being mm. GA'd and then they come back in. I'm like, but I'm also a guy of logic. There's no smokes in the mm. game. So snipers, a smoker's intended use is to block out a sniper's line of sight. Mm-hmm. Right. So when smokes were GA'd, I was like, snipers, technically speaking, on a logical thing. Logical mm-hmm. scale should be gone as well. Um, but then, yeah, you, you get some you get some fight from the public audience, and mm-hmm. um, I think Nature had addressed it like, oh, that's like an exciting moment, and people want to watch stuff like that. Um, which he is right, and I can see that point of view as well. But as a player, I'd also be frustrated if I got sniped every single time, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. be like, what's the counterplay? Mm-hmm. I can't counter simp sniping me, right? Yeah. It's just. I'm hoping at this point, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know, that's probably a big uh, benefit to you being a former professional player Mm -hmm. is your input that you, it's not like this is something like a total foreign uh, concept to you. You know, you've been in the trenches. You're like, Mm -hmm. this won't work, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So that must make like the relationship with your players a bit easier too because they're not pulling their hair up being like, you don't get it. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. with your mom and dad, you don't get it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) no. It's definitely, I, I can definitely relate with the players and understand like the players' emotions and feelings. So that does help kind of send my message and like translate my message in a better way where it's like, okay, we're actually in this together and I, I feel you on this, but at the end of the day, you guys, mm-hmm. you're going to have to put up with some things that you may not like and just adapt and um, do the best you can kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And like go, going off that too, um, like, hey, can you explain, like, what your day-to-day is for the most part as, like, a general manager of, like, an esports team? Because um, I know I'm curious, you're curious, like, a lot of people listening to, like, what does a general manager do for, like, an esports team? Because, you know, general managers for, um, I guess, regular sports, you know, some teams, they control, like, a lot of the roster. They have a lot of say in the roster. Um, just one more, like, insight on that. Well, with that, too, I want to, like, you can add on to it is – what Justin's saying, but then also, how'd you even get into with the Boston Breach? Mm-hmm. You know, were you pursuing a general manager role once you had retired? Um, what year did you retire in the CDL? Was it, do you remember? In Cold War. Yeah, it was in Cold yep. War. So when you retired, were you immediately like, okay, I want to be a general manager? Um, like, what did that look like? And then leading into Justin's question. Yeah, I guess. So I was playing with Zach in Cold War and he got a call up for London. And I said, okay, if I'm not playing with Zach and we have to look for one, mm-hmm. I'm just going to like... Zach is Zed. Zed, yes. Yeah, so yeah. people who are listening, they know Zed. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I'm not going to play anymore. I'm going to try my hand at coaching. Um, so I started coaching people like Tom Gravity, Saints, Spart, um, the New York Subliners Academy, essentially, at the time. Pro Loot, who now plays for Vegas Legion. Um, and then I started to coach a West Star team, um, and that was Tom Gravity, Venom, who played for Thieves. LA Thieves, yeah, um, and yeah, just just Paul lo- X was on that team too, wasn't he? He was on that team for a couple of days, and then he got the call up. So, okay. mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so I started coaching them, and I actually like coaching challenges a lot because I kind of was like, I'm not going to be playing, but there's gaps in the market for coaching. Um, and as bad as it sounds, I was like hoping for some downfall of some teams so they could get rid of their coaching staff and maybe yeah. I could like mm-hmm. yeah. be like, hey, like I'm available. <laughs> um, 
but um, then Zed at the time he got dropped from London and then they asked him to come back and he said no like I'm moving houses like I bought a house I've like got other priorities like I can't go back to Charlotte um, and then I was like we, we connected again on the potential to join um, Oxygen Esports and make them a Call of Duty team um, and it so happened that Oxygen Esports was the team that was getting the 12th spot in the CDL with Boston Breach um, and we found this out about mid-November um, and I kind of connected the dots um, because Adam Morrison um, one of my bosses um, he pretty much put us on with the call and I was like okay like he said oh it was like something exciting but I can't share any details so I did my due diligence I was going on LinkedIn okay mm-hmm. oxygen okay this okay who else is there right. and I was like you know that guy that's like that meme where he's like got the ball it's always, oh, yeah. always sunny meme yeah, yeah. the guys <laughs> connecting all the dots yeah. Yeah. that yeah, was yeah, me yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like I, th- I was like Zach I was there I was like I think they're a 12th franchise like this is after Washington pulled out I was like they gotta be the 12th franchise like New England makes sense like yeah and then they're like so what are you looking for I was like well I'd be head coach and Zach would be my assistant coach um, and they asked like how about general manager I was like sure like okay well, <laughs> I'm sure I can yeah. I'm sure I can form a roster yeah, and like could generally general manage <laughs> yeah like well, yeah. Um, but yeah I mean I, I feel like I just have like a normal well a lot of just like street smart skills so it's kind of like common sense mm-hmm. with a lot of the general manager stuff mm-hmm. um, but yeah forming the roster at the time in the first year, I was pretty much also co-coaching alongside Zach or Zed. Um, just because I was still, I was coaching the year before. So mm-hmm. I still wanted to like make sure that like the groundwork and the roots that we kind of uh, were laying were the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to create a culture and a foundation where it's like, okay, this is the expectation of Boston Breach. Um, so I had a lot of, hand in the coaching of the first first season um i guess my day-to-day my day-to-day now is a little different um i kind of have I, every second day i try to like get the head coaches and the assistant coach um josh I'd kind of talk about like what strategies we're doing for scrims this week what do we need to tackle um who's been playing bad, who's been playing good, what are we looking good at. Um, it's a lot of competitive uh, aspects I try and like oversee. Um, I'm pretty much in the room with the guys from 12.30 to like 7 mm-hmm. every day. Um, and before then, I'm kind of working alongside the director of content, uh, yeah. partnerships, marketing. Um, and just kind of giving everyone direction on what I feel is a good fit and you know we go back and forth mm-hmm. um, so with the director of content talking about the docuseries uh, how we're going to go about it what looks good what do we need to improve on um, and trying to get that kind of motion going um, and then yeah just any competitive aspect in terms of rosters like 
do we switch roles like how do we communicate this message to our fans mm-hmm. and our audience like i think having them know what's going on obviously not to know everything mm-hmm. that goes yep. behind closed doors but like a good a pretty good picture of like um the team uh, i think that's pretty important and mm-hmm. i always try and make whatever's happening out behind those closed doors as transparent as possible mm-hmm. um because I think the fans deserve to know. I mean, they're invested in the team and they mm-hmm. want to know what's going on. Um, so yeah, day to day is yeah, pretty much a lot of a lot of things. I guess yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. you kind of get pulled in yeah, different directions. Ways. Yeah, because you know it, it's super interesting to me that um, you know you're 28 years old and like I guess your your official title is a general manager of the Boston Bridge. And in, like, traditional sports, you know, people that follow, like, GMs are super old dudes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Making all these changes and stuff. Um, but COD, like, I just want to, like, iterate, like, it's such a young scene still. Even though, you know, there's you've been playing for, like, what, almost over a decade, like, yep. competitively. Um, and, you know, we've played COD for so long. But now that the CDL is an actual franchise and, you know, it's our four, third year? Yeah. So third year of the CDL? This is fourth. Four, well, we had MW, year? Cold War, four. Vanguard, yeah, okay. MW. So yeah, yeah, fourth year. And it's only been four years. Yeah. You know, and I just see like a very, very bright future of the, the CDL. Um, and it's just super interesting to see like all these general managers, everyone's like around your age for yeah. the most part. Or like, you know, a former pro player. And like, I think you have like a really good edge just because you are uh, a former player. So you know the players will they should respect you as a gm regardless yeah. in my opinion um but i think that helps like a lot yeah i mean i think like even in the off seasons a weird time for a general manager because you're making roster moves and you're mm-hmm. talking about contracts and you're i mean i'm like i'm a former player myself i'm like i'd want to see this and this and mm-hmm. having to compare metrics um then having to like get the guys apartments and whatnot mm-hmm. um there's a lot of like financial decisions you kind of have to make with the budget you're given mm-hmm. um but yeah i think it does make it easier to have those conversations you know especially like contract negotiations with yeah. these players because mm-hmm. like hey i was like, like in your same shoes and like i understand like what you want and like trying to like navigate that mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah and then on a competitive like day-to-day it's like i know when i was a player i would get frustrated in practice and whatnot um so i can understand that but like i'm also there to be like you can't let it get the best of you as well mm-hmm. um so trying to like have methods where we can channel the frustration or the mm-hmm. annoyance or the anger through practice and how how do we get the most out of that um and how do we communicate communicate that to the players and even myself mm-hmm. how do i communicate to the coaches like do i are the coaches doing a good enough job? Mm-hmm. Can I help them in some way? How can I help the players in any in any possible way? Um, and just trying to be their friend, but also have that line of mm-hmm. um, that boundary, I guess, to um, show them like we're also in the performance industry, mm-hmm. and we need to be doing the best mm-hmm. we possibly can be doing with the resources we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I think Boston's been doing a fantastic job uh, at that. Um, and like, um, okay. <laughs> well, Mike I mean, and I, like, I mean, man, no, 
not a, not a hot take here. I think like Boston coming in as like with their their newest franchise, right? Yeah. Um, has done a lot more than a lot of these teams mm-hmm. have in the four years that they've been given. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we were talking just before we uh, started the podcast. You know, um, like the docu series. You know, I love that a lot of teams are doing this because, like you said, you know, we're invested in these teams. You know, I mean, we. Prior to Boston, we were, you know, big Optic fans. And we're still Optic fans, you know, but only when they're not playing Boston. And we hope they get shit on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's really cool to just see, you know, the inside moves and how it's happening. You know, like, why why did they pick up certain players? Why did they drop certain players? You know, what's the thought process of, like, trying to make these, like, why are they awful one week? And then, like, you see all the improvements over the weeks, you know. What does that look like? You know, it's really, really cool to see that in yeah. content. You know, I, that's, yeah, it, it's so normal for me. But then even like watching, when I was watching back docuseries, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I can, I know what was happening in this moment. And then like the highs and the lows. Um, yeah. yeah. Even that major one where it's like, Joe or Awakening was sick. I was like, like reliving that moment. I was, I had like all the stress on my shoulders, but also I was like relieved because I was like, now there's no expectation like right mm-hmm. and yeah. this is like kind of what ben or beans mm-hmm. this is kind of like the moment he's been living for to yeah. get his chance yeah. and it's a win-win yeah yeah and i was like i'm feeling good like i'm i'm happy that he's gets to showcase because once again like he's been playing amazing in challenges and i know it's just moments like that where it's like okay like it's glad i'm glad that everyone else kind of gets to see mm-hmm. what like the feelings and the body language and the frustrations and the lighthearted sighs and the moans and whatnot. Like, I don't know. It's still right. kind of, um, mm-hmm. it's all kind of surreal, so to say. And we're even like for our next docuseries trying to get more of those emotions and more of the day to day and more of the, the defeats and the victories and yeah. mm-hmm. really like these guys go through, a lot and like mm-hmm. the expectation from Boston's like I have expectations that are very high we said mm-hmm. I stand high um, you have to yeah yeah and but especially representing like yeah. a city like Boston yeah you know yeah. If, you're, exactly. if you're not if your expectation isn't like we're gonna win champs yeah it's like I think with any team it's like what are you doing here you yeah know? Mm-hmm. it's like that should be the ultimate goal mm-hmm. you know yeah no, I fully agree with that I was like, if you're thinking of anything else. We're going to try to get top five. It's like, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, what's the goal here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, no, I mean, 100%. You know, we, I think that's why a lot of team or a lot of players and uh, uh, even just people that watch it, they like to go to some of these teams that have that kind of culture built around them. You know, like Boston Breach now, Thieves have that, um, Optic has that. Trying to think who else. Uh, I know Phase. They started some the, sort of series. Yeah, subliners you know? do too. Yeah, subliners yeah. well. Uh, just because it shows for us, like these are normal ass people. Yeah, you know? they're human. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like these guys. They, it's like they they go out and they do things. You know, they're not just <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah. you know they're not like just robots who play. Yeah. And then like when they lose, they're like, well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. You know, there's a lot of the trials mm-hmm. and tribulations of being on a team. Exactly. You know? Especially like compared to traditional sports, is what you know mm-hmm. you can have 20 people on a team. Mm-hmm. You know, cottage just four people. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's way more personal. 100. percent You know. Yeah. And and on top of that, in traditional sports too, you don't know like the um you know, the drama, I guess that's happening, you know, all those emotions and feelings, uh, like if someone gets sick yeah. right, and 
if, if that happened in uh you know baseball or whatever they wouldn't really announce anything yeah guys just not playing there's anymore. no red Sox yeah. docuseries yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um at least you know uh boston i just want to give like props to you guys like it's second year and like we already have a major and mike and i right w- when we started the podcast we we're like man we want a boston team this place just makes sense like the the culture around sports around here um it, it just makes sense to have a, a team around here yeah and when we found out that um boston breach was becoming a thing we just couldn't believe it. Dude, we manifested that first, for a year. Yeah, and it first happened. we were bummed that it was going to be Washington. Yeah, no disrespect, yeah. but we were like, <laughs> dude, we're like we're going to have to wait again for mm-hmm. it. And then thankfully that fell through, and then it turned into Boston. We're like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, um, and you know Boston's throwing these like these LAN events, so they're uh, they're doing like watch parties now. And I think a lot of teams need to start like implementing that just to get it uh, the gaming scene like out there. Because even though the gaming scene is really big, I think a lot of people are only thinking about just the gaming scene in general. They're not thinking about, um, you know, our buddies. Like, our whole friend group, we're the only ones that play video games. Yep. No one else plays video games. Um, and we're like, yeah, we're going to this COD major. They're like, what the heck is that? Uh, and, you know, we try to implement, you know, stuff and, like, let them know, like, this is what COD is. This is a CDL, things like that. I think that's a market that, like, we have to capture. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think sometimes uh, in the gaming scene, a lot of people think a little too close-minded mm. about let's just capture gaming people. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I look at our team and I know, like, uh, the amount of support that I get as a general manager and just in general, like, we have, like, an all-hands every Tuesday and whatnot and there's, like, 10 people up in that room and but everyone's going at, like, a 1,000 miles per hour to, like, you got the major you got the watch party you mm-hmm. got the helix land that was yesterday it's mm-hmm. like everything's happening and it's like investing and making sure that we're bringing the people that's like to these events and whatnot mm-hmm. just i don't know it just the kind of growth and the vision um is pretty crazy and you kind of have to go all in mm-hmm. um but yeah uh, it's it is interesting trying to yeah like you said you got friends and have, by the way have you uh convinced them to come to the major uh <laughs> well one of our friends yeah uh, he did buy a single day ticket which friend one that we're thinking of yeah the one that our yeah, closest, one, our closest yeah, one yeah yeah, yeah. um Good. yeah he's coming i think it's sat saturday or sunday i told him it, sunday because it's, it's, it's championship sunday yeah um yeah, we got to yeah. do some convincing, though, because when we introduced it to him, he was an immediate Toronto Ultra fan. No, for, yeah. yeah, for whatever reason. Why? It was, uh, he just, he just <sighs> latched on. For whatever reason, he loved Insight. Yeah. But what is an I, Ultra? I, I, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Enough said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so we got to get him on the Boston train. Be like, dude. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is like. We haven't really told any of our friends that we've been doing we this do podcast. This. Yeah. Okay. We just, like, what our really close friend that we're talking about, we've only told them. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why we haven't told them. I think it's just because we're just in our own little realm <laughs> here <laughs> doing the podcast. But, no, yeah, like, I think it's going to be great when uh, Boston hosts this major because in New York, at least, right, that was our first ever major. And we woke up at, like, 6 a.m., lined up at the door at, like, 8 just waiting there and a bunch of uh like locals they would just walk by and they're like what are you guys doing like yeah. what is this and i just i know for sure 
that in Boston, um, when people are lining up in front of the MGM, everyone's going to be like, what's happening here? Yeah. yeah. What is yeah. this? What are all these just like guys, just, guys and girls it's just gonna standing be out? About like ninety percent of people with Carhartt jackets and Dunkin' Donuts, yeah, <laughs> yeah. beat up Red yeah. Sox hats, being like, "The fuck is this?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> now that that's gonna be the exciting moment, you know, because that's what we're, you know, we've been thinking about, like just with the CDL and what we hope mm-hmm. over the next five to ten years is just trying to rope in all these people, you know, that maybe like they play games, but they don't know anything about competitive gaming. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was gonna ask you about that. You know, I mean, you're you're in the scene. What do you think? Like five to 10 years, what are your, your hopes and goals? Like with the CDL, where do you see it being? Well, I, I, that's a good question. First of all, I'm a big fan of league of legends. I, I don't know if you guys are big fans of league of legends, but anyway, they sell out stadiums. Yeah. And at the moment, like, uh, some of the, like the COD events are like putting like, you know, 5,000 seat capacities and whatnot. I mean, in five or 10 years, I'm hoping that Call of Duty's like, you can sell out 50,000 stadium seats, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, you guys and play in Gillette. Yeah, yeah literally. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, we're not yeah. playing at the Helix, we're playing next door. Yeah. yeah. Gillette oh. Stadium, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the overall goal is to just make, in my opinion, like, especially for Boston, to make it just a common place and a common theme. Like we come into this facility pretty much every day of the week and to see people coming in and like just having those relationships with people as well. Um, getting to know just other gamers as well. It's like you just bring a whole diverse um, experience kind of with every single person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I guess, I, I guess that's the ultimate goal is to kind of have it as big as you should, your traditional sports obviously yeah. mm-hmm. obviously you can't have it like exactly like traditional mm-hmm. sports but there's like there's so much opportunity for like you said there's no like red Sox docuseries or like you can't get behind like know the personal mm-hmm. those problems and whatnot but in today's age with gaming and whatnot and social media it's like look you only have to look for like a pro player's likes to see if things are going tough or <laughs> if things right, are going yeah. all good right yeah, um, right so just yeah really expanding and just having as as big as possible i mean i'm sure some of these franchises and whatnot they will definitely you know put themselves on the stock exchange in 10 years time kind of like phase have kind of done theirs um but as we know it's very early um and all these franchises and esports organizations in general they kind of need to be very smart mm-hmm. um and actually do it properly as opposed to just throwing money mm-hmm. uh, because once you start throwing money away willy-nilly it just becomes like there's no like meaning behind it mm-hmm. i think um so yeah i guess having a crowd full I, I think that would be amazing like as a player walking out into like a stadium mm-hmm. like faker does for t1 and like yeah, league of legends yep. like, yeah with like millions of people watching worldwide mm-hmm. like that in itself like mm-hmm. that'd be amazing do you, do you miss you it know? competing yeah everyone misses competing like that adrenaline rush you get like mm-hmm. those little butterflies that yeah. you get and then you get in the crowd and you're like 
you get two kills and the crowd like roars and whatnot. <laughs> no, yeah. You're like, I, I got to chow for the third now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how's that feeling? Um, you know, the uh, what major was it? The first ever CDL major. Uh, it was live before, um, you know, COVID happened. It was in London was or the Atlanta London? one? Uh, it might have been Atlanta. Like you were still playing on uh, Legion. Yeah. And how, what was that feeling like walking through the crowd and just like, fist bumping everyone because i again like like you're a musician like you've been on stage before like you know yeah as an adult like you don't get people like applauding you yeah. that often and like you felt that at least yeah like i don't know what that feeling was like and I, like i want to know like how crazy is that just walking through everybody's just like cheering you on you're fist bumping everyone but you also have to be locked in because you're about to go to war like with your teammates yeah it's i, I don't even know if i can describe the feelings just like like you have people like you've just never seen before just like sh- going crazy mm, and it's yeah. just like yeah like I, I don't know you just honestly it's, it, it is a confidence booster for sure mm. um, ego yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but then you can't let it get like mm-hmm. you too you, your head can't grow too big while you're walking down that aisle otherwise mm-hmm. uh, you know mm-hmm. you'll pay for it in the game but mm-hmm. <laughs> it, I don't know it's, it's a just a good feeling really yeah, I don't yeah. think anyone's complaining about people <laughs> cheering, for cheering, cheering for you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and like you know, when Boston walks out on stage, I know like now they you know show their intro video and everything. Um, I mean, I think it'd be insane if Boston came out to. I'm sure you guys have something like special for when you guys walk out for the major. But the way I think about it is like WWE can't confirm or deny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like WWE. If you uh, watch the, the YouTube superstars. though, you would. Yeah, you know, you would you know. know yeah. So. Like WWE superstars when they're walking down uh, the ramp and it's just millions of people just yeah. cheering for them. Yeah. Is there like theme song going on? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just can't even imagine that feeling. That has to be one of the best feelings in the world. Yeah. I mean, I know in Champs last year, mm-hmm. it was round 11 versus LA Thieves on Tuscan. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was backstage while the guys are playing because we have like little dugout booths mm-hmm. um, and anyway the the crowd is like let's go Boston mm-hmm. and then there'll be a let's go thieves yeah. and it was just mm-hmm. going like left and right mm-hmm. like back mm-hmm. and forth and if I was a player you could you literally can feel the vibrations and you can feel the like stage shake mm-hmm. yeah like yeah. how much people were cheering on um, like in that moment as well like I don't know like Round 11, mm-hmm. definitely nervous. But like, yeah, I mean, just the crowd in general makes makes events like events really like the atmosphere is electric. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys have been to MGM. I've been to the MGM. You have? Once. Yes, yeah. I have not. You have not? No. Okay. Well, from what I, I did a little walkthrough and like the way the seating is mm-hmm. and like the amount of people that have already bought mm-hmm. tickets, like you, like I could definitely feel we could go mm-hmm. deaf in that. It's going to be loud. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. going to be so yeah. loud. MGM is uh, it's new too. So the way that they designed it, like all the noise just funnels yeah. straight to the stage. And like I'm super excited for this event. Like I I can't even explain to you like, how excited. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're always out there promoting it on our uh, on our Twitter at Car Casuals. Yeah. Always, <laughs> you know, like go buy the tickets, go yeah, buy yeah. them, you know? Mm-hmm. Cuz again, if you're in the New England area, you never experienced something like it. it's it's the place to do it, it's the time to do it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I think um, I'm looking forward to it the most because 
as it's a Boston home major, it's like mm-hmm. the fifth player on our team is is the crowd. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's really I like that. I like, yeah. yeah. It's really yeah. gonna G the guys up. Yeah. Like they're like sometimes where it's like just like a traditional day of sport, like you, you can do like the same thing. Like you can wake up, you can have your routine, so you can have your breakfast, you can mm-hmm. do like little exercises, but you can still have like a bad day in terms of like kick the football wrong or mm-hmm. Tom Brady didn't get whatever the case may be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes the guys aren't as hyped as I'd want them to be or like, you know, shouting when they get kills. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I know yeah. for sure if Zin just gets, he comes off the break and just shits on someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The crowd's going to go electric and that's going to make him like... Mm-hmm play even better and then the same for Nero the same for Awakening and Vivid like I'm, that's what I'm really looking forward to mm-hmm. um, so yeah it's, it's kind of like when Optic like they always have like a fifth man yeah like yeah. with their crowd and they're just crazy in there yeah I, I never under like I knew the Optic the green wall was big but you know going to the first major like that was crazy oh yeah it was so loud well even for well, for New York like you're talking about just the home home turf mm-hmm. buff yeah. that you get from that, you know? I mean, it's just for us, too. I'm sure there's a lot of people in the same boat, you know, people are listening, never been, you know, but you watch these guys, you know, we've watched them for years and years, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then, like, we just think about, like, with Scump, obviously, he just retired and, it's, you know, sucks that we're not going to get to see him again, but to think that we got to see him play, yeah, like, when he walked out with that whole team and, you know, like, when we'd see, like, meth, like, the whole team walk out, we're like, holy shit. We're like that's them like there they are yeah you know mm-hmm. i'm like and we're just looking at each other like those guys are so fucking yeah. good at uh, yeah. <laughs> they're so good meanwhile we were you getting know? booed the entire time oh uh, yeah people were flipping oh. us off because we had the breach mask yeah like, <laughs> yeah you know? <laughs> you know yeah we went into enemy territory on that one for yeah. sure but well, no it's that experience though like you know for new york i don't know if they had hosted prior to that i can't remember if they did in any of the other years of uh of i don't think so i don't, I don't believe so, so. No. yeah um Oh, it's just insane. You know, they, they're like going through the crowd. I mean, that's just, it's awesome. You see mm-hmm. them, you're like right there, you know. Um, and everyone has to cheer for them. It's their major. Yeah. You know? So yeah. it's going to be the same yeah. thing with Boston. It's like, it doesn't matter who they're playing. They're getting booed. Yeah. You know, yeah. whoever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be wild. Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly. I'm super I'm, excited for it. I'm super excited yeah. for it. And I'm the general manager. I've got like, <laughs> I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, no, um, like just to wrap everything up, right? Like this, if you guys haven't been to like a COD event or just curious about it, like go to this Boston one because, you know, in traditional sports, Boston fans are like one of the craziest fans ever. And I'm sure, like 100% sure the Boston fans are going to show up for the breach. And we're like, me and you, we're going to be front row. You got VIP tickets. We're going to be mm-hmm. front row cheering on. Um, and I know we're going to be super loud for you guys. Um, and just to like close us out, right? We would want to close out on like some fun questions. You know, <laughs> Hit me. Um, so Dunkin's or Starbucks? Uh, Starbucks. Maybe you that's you, black, black iced. Is that what you had? No, this was, I usually get uh, a refresher. So I don't oh, really have like one. coffee too often. Um, if I was, I was get like a macchiato. Mm-hmm. Um, but You're a tea guy, no, just nothing. Yeah, I, I, I just like like well, yeah. The refresher's just a sweet, like nice yeah. fruity drink. Fruity drink. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's probably because I've lived in LA, so it's just mm-hmm. that's kind of my 
my go-to. But sometimes I'll double up on a coffee. But yeah, Starbucks. Wayne Starbucks would say game fuel. Game. That's, that's the <laughs> ultimate <laughs> drink. Is <laughs> we look, we have we have like the Mountain Dew energy drinks upstairs. We have yeah. the Celsius upstairs. Yeah. Game yeah. fuel. Mm-hmm. When I have long days, I get cracked as well. Yeah. For sure. yeah. <laughs> Are there any guys on the team that just like diehard coffee people just slamming them? Um, methods. He'll have like a a nitro cold brew. Like for game oh, day, Jesus Christ! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. vibrant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's from the East Coast as well, so I mean, he he knows Duncan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'll be. Uh, I, I mean, you've seen like, I get iced coffees and it's like twenty degrees outside. Yeah, no shame. Yeah, uh, I. That's I'm, the way it is out yeah. here, though, man. Yeah, you know. I mean, you know how long you lived in in Mass or like in this area generally now. Um. Like a, a year, a yeah. year plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you um like do you enjoy this area? Yeah, I, I like the area. Yeah. I mean, we're now at like, and um, mm. yeah. I mean, I I guess the only, the only bad thing is my girlfriend's from LA, mm-hmm. so if oh, I have to geez. go see her, it's uh quite quite a long plane ride. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. Six hour flight or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 Um, which is it, which is difficult because I like to be on site and mm-hmm. make sure everything's running as smooth as possible mm-hmm. um but yeah i like the area that's good to know. i'm sure you yes. love the cold too that we yeah. got right now oh, <laughs> coming from la and 32 degree weather yeah <laughs> yeah well about that so I, I think i mentioned it to you i was in australia in, in christmas or at christmas time um so i took all my summer clothes and i flew straight back to boston mm-hmm. once i got my my visa and whatnot so I've literally got layers upon layers because all my winter clothes are in LA yeah. and I only have my summer clothes on me. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I am freezing a little bit in the morning. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but other than that, it's, I don't mind, I, I don't mind the cold weather. Like you guys, I'll, I'll have like a iced coffee, yeah. even though it's, I should be having a warm hot chocolate with socks that are like <laughs> yeah fuzzy yeah, socks yeah, fuzzy yeah. socks yeah, yeah. Hey, you, fit, you fit right in <laughs> um, do you uh, like do you miss Australia at all like um, yeah yeah yeah. I miss Australia it's like Australia's home um, got the family there mm-hmm. we drive on the right side of the road <laughs> <laughs> yeah you call college university yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a few differences uh, soccer football soccer. football <laughs> yeah I was like, oh, like, there's a football game on tonight. I'm like, what are you guys? What are you talking about? <laughs> you mean it's already been, it's already been played? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I, uh, I've always wanted to go to Australia. One day I'll end up going, but that flight. Just, yeah, that's I, that's I the one thing I know about flight, is though. the flight right from from the US to there is it's pretty long. pretty heavy. You just just have some sleepy tablets uh, and yeah, then just yeah. knock out for twelve hours and yeah. you'll, you'll be you'll, you'll be fine. Our yeah. um. One of our close friends, he uh, studied abroad in Australia, and he did like a, a semester in like Sydney, I think. Yep, yep, um, Sydney. And like he loved it over there. Yeah, uh, I definitely want to go. It looks like a great area. <laughs> you never see bad photos of Australia. Yeah, yeah. It's only the, <laughs> it looks like paradise. Yeah. <laughs> it's only the bugs, though. Is that true? Yeah. Like the spiders and stuff? Yeah. Oh, see, not really. No. Like, it's definitely gassed for sure on that one. That um, sounds right. <laughs> yeah it's the, it's the same in america like same amount mm-hmm. i mean unless oh, you really uh, uh, unless you live like a little further out mm-hmm. um but all the 
capital cities are on the coast and mm-hmm. you got the beach nearby so usually it's pretty good yeah <laughs> yeah dude they make it seem sometimes like in australia that it's like wild west with uh dude, the spiders with bugs and yeah. whatnot yeah yeah crawling around all this sh- like man i couldn't do that no thanks <laughs> <laughs> i mean i used to leave it like a little bit out and they'd be like well we call them redbacks you guys call them what do you guys call a redback spider black wi- black, oh, black widow, widow spider? black yeah, widow yeah. yeah we call them redbacks red okay yeah um and they're just like they're common as well but i used to live in this i think it was like it was like eight acres which is we don't have any more but and then i'd like a lot of land mm-hmm. and, I, and i scared my mum once shouting snake 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 and she yeah. jumped up on like the car as fast as i've ever seen my <laughs> mum jump um but there is a real possibility of like more bugs it's just mm-hmm. but if you're in the city and you're fine was yeah. there a lot yeah. of the australia correct me if i'm wrong there's a lot of it not like habited or like have a lot of people there yeah like there's not yeah, yeah there's not many people in australia for the size it is yeah it's yeah. huge yeah mm-hmm. but there's a lot of just like wasteland or like dead land that people don't go to yeah it's pretty much australia is pretty much the size of america mm-hmm. when you think but like we have 20 million and america has 300 plus yeah yeah <laughs> so that in itself is crazy that is crazy i didn't even know that yeah um well, i guess like what do you dislike about like being here compared to australia any any dislikes or okay well can, can i switch it and say what i like about australia and therefore yeah. i dislike Australia Australian food is so much better than American food. Ah, <laughs> oh. right. I mean, I do tell. Do yeah, tell. Do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like American food is like, I feel like they just, I don't know what it is, but they just add so much garbage, garbage into the food, like preservatives and this and that and that. Australian food is out of our obesity here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that is one big thing for me. Like mm-hmm. Australian Subway, completely different from American Subway. Australian no KFC. Shot, really? Well, it's it's not different, but it's like so much better. Like I could have that all the time. Subway's, it, subway's fire to start here, you know. But it's damn. decent. But like, no, that's what I'm saying, though. Yeah, like, bro, we don't know Australian subway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, we think we think U.S. subways is yeah solid. pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. See, once you go to Australia, it's like you 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 never want to be like you never want subway in America because you just like it's just not the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So KFC too is the same thing. KFC's better. McDonald's, honestly, just everything. Yeah, maybe I'm biased though, so I don't know. What about like restaurants and stuff? Restaurants, okay. In Australia, here's a difference as well. You probably already know. So we don't tip in Australia. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we pay. Yeah, you pay what they should be. What paid. they should be getting paid. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't want to get too uh, too deep yeah, into yeah, that. Yeah. But okay, we <laughs> talked about logic. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, so, but you don't get free refuels, which is a negative yeah. side. Um, but yeah, the food is like, like even just like meat patties, just everything's grass fed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in America, it's not like the same. And then, nope. so <laughs> we grow our meat. Dude, if it's, <laughs> if it's grass fed, it's premium. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's yeah. high quality. We literally make our meat in labs. Uh, yeah, straight up. <laughs> yeah. So uh, like, I think the standard of like, uh, food is just much higher therefore mm. tastes better yeah um that's why australians are just beautiful yeah they just <laughs> yeah. eat the right thing yeah yeah like. everyone's slim everyone looks good yeah because of that. <laughs> um the, what else do i i mean i mean the good thing about america is there's a lot of opportunity mm-hmm. obviously i wouldn't be able to have be a general manager of a call of duty team in australia because 
the scene is just so small because the population is so small. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do I dislike? I don't know. I was going to ask you, though, um, what, I don't have to go crazy about it. What was that like, though, when you were like going way back, we were talking about um, when you were playing in Australia and then you got the opportunity to, to go up to the pro league? You're obviously not going to be playing in Australia. You have to go to the U.S. Are you like tripping out you're freaking out like oh man like i gotta go to the u.s or was it not a big deal for you not a big deal for me really? i was like mm. sure yeah yeah um didn't give it too much thought mm. uh was like let's see what i can make out of it and then um and then yeah obviously covid here anyway so i was pr- couldn't i l- physically and literally could not get back into australia anyway because they closed off all the borders pretty they were pretty strict on the borders mm-hmm. um so then, yeah, I was now been in America for like three plus years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Are uh, a lot of like your close friends and stuff like back home in Australia or have like a couple moved to North America or anywhere else? Yeah, I, a majority of my friends I had in school and uni uh, are still in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously I've made friends along the way as well mm-hmm. in the in the journey. So mm-hmm. um, there's a couple of them who watch the Boston Bridge games um, mm-hmm. at like four o'clock in the morning, 3 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. yeah. And they message me, let's Demons. go. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we're, people in the U.S. were so privileged. Yeah. Like we don't even think about it sometimes. Yeah. Like the I saw something on Twitter about like um, players that aren't from North America getting visas and stuff. I can't even imagine that. That must be such a pain in the ass trying yeah. to get a visa to come over here and like working all that stuff out all the legal stuff um and i think a lot of people in north america like we just don't go out of north america we don't look at the other like continents and stuff yeah because most of the things that we want or need are here yeah yeah yeah. you know not to get too deep into it but yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i think a a, a lot of foreign players definitely have a a few barriers of entry to the Mm -hmm. professional scene which is i mean i look at toronto now like the European squad and London was the European squad. Mm-hmm. Um, and even now that's like shifting away in the London camp kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, although I think next year they might be completely different as well. The team mm. you're talking about? Yeah. London. Well, I think that they might be rebranded. Mm. Interesting. CD Lentel. See, <laughs> see this, this I have no uh, actual, actual. <laughs> Where's your proof? <laughs> um, yeah, but Cod Casuals exclusive, yeah, exclusive <laughs> drop right there. Yeah, I, I mean, there there are rumors of them being like fully Spanish. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. There's, you, a, there's a lot of killer Spanish players. Yeah, there's one in the league at the moment. Do you guys know? I need to go through. Cue the Jeopardy music right now. Yeah. <laughs> Who is it? There's I don't oh, know. Is it, is it, I want to sound dumb here. No, nah, I know that's the thing. Guys, no, no. Uh, Spanish play. Uh, Spanish. Is it Hydra, bro? No. no, no Skies. Uh, Skies uh, used to play for the the franchise. Yeah. Uh, uh, Spanish player right now. Yeah. Trying to go through them all right now. I, I couldn't couldn't tell you. On Florida. Vickle? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. he is? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Oh. I didn't know you were Spanish yeah. at all. There we go. Spanish. Oh. I didn't hear him speak, though. Yeah. Does he have, a, does he have an accent at all when he, uh, when he talks? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No. 
did not know that. Dude, there you go. The more, the more you know. <laughs> yeah, the more you know. <laughs> the more you know there. I was going to ask you, too, because we're probably just going to wrap it up here. Um, curious, who's your, uh, who's your best friend that you've made in the scene? In the scene? Yeah, like whether they're... Probably Zed. Zed, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which... Which is good, but also provides us difficulty when I'm the general manager and he's the head coach. And if we lose a few games, I'm like, we've got to step it up, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. No, that, that That's cool. Because, you know, a lot of people say, don't do business with, uh, you know, your closest friends. Because they yeah. can get, uh, get bad. And then, like, yeah, look what I, we're doing over yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> um no, that's really cool though, because I, I know Mike and I. We've, you know, we've made friends like throughout the years, like online and stuff. But then a bunch just drop off. Yeah, no idea who they are. Yeah, um, I think it, it's super cool that you've became like really close friends, and they're like lifelong friends just out of gaming. Yeah, that's. If you would have said that to me like five years ago, I'd be like, no, yeah, like, it's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was the best man at his wedding. That's sick. Well, one of the. Groomsman? Groomsman. Yeah. Yeah, one of the groomsmen. Is that another word? They have a different word for it. No, 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 I, was, I, was, I was making sure I was not saying bridesmaid. Um, <laughs> Grats to Zach. I, his wedding was recent, right? Yeah, it was December 6th. Mm. So that's why he wasn't there for the first mm-hmm. qualifiers week. Mm-hmm. And he's same age as you? 28? I think he's 25. He's got a... Yeah, he's twenty five. He's twenty five. Oh man, I why? Thought he was, I thought he was around your age. Yeah, why? Because of his hairline. <laughs> no, you said it. Not that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, we can go on for like twenty years about it. It's it always like it's always mind blowing because I think about like Zinny, right? Like that guy. I, I feel like he's pushing thirty because how long he's been playing. Yeah, and no other reason, you know, just because yeah. he's been it for so long, and then he's what? He's 24, 25? Yeah. He's my age. I'm like, bro, like it's crazy yeah. to me. Yeah, you know the guys who you think are like they're labeled as like he's a veteran, Vet. you yeah. know. Yeah, and then to see how old they are, you know, some of these guys can't even go to a bar, and I'm like, <laughs> 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 they're like 19 yeah. years old. I'm like, dude, yeah, like you were born in 2000, like in the 2000s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you were born in the 2000s. You're right. Yeah, and like yeah, 2003. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's why we're called dinosaurs. When we yeah. went to the major, everybody there was like. Yeah, I'm 18. I'm still yeah. in high school. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm 23. <laughs> See, I was thinking about like the other day, like on Scum's retirement, it's like a lot of people that like watch Scum are like 23, 24, 24. Mm-hmm. Because like, I mean, he, I think Scum's my age, but it's like yeah. the mm-hmm. people that yeah. were like coming up with him and watching him were like mm-hmm. very similar age to Scum. So you think a lot of the fans of Scum are like the typical young optic fans, but it's mm-hmm. like right. actually the they're quite actually mature these days mm-hmm. or they try to act mature. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, look, I don't want to get into yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, fans. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, we were, yeah. I mean, it's like with us, um, you know, man, we watched him. I knew you, you more than I, uh, I did at the start, you know, we watched all their old content. Um, like, you know, like actually watching mm-hmm. that was at Sweat Bannon, like when that came out. Yeah. You know, him and um, him and they just literally on folding desks. Yeah. Twerking. Yeah. Doing <laughs> stupid, <laughs> stupid stuff. And it's like, but throughout yeah. the years, yeah, we've grown up and like, again, we, yeah, we work full time jobs. Mm-hmm. We're like functioning people in society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's weird that we, and even still, you know, yeah. we go home from work and we'd watch them. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's like we haven't changed at all. You know, we were 13 in our bedroom watching them and now we're 24, 25. Yeah. Decade know? later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
you know, sign it off of work and then go. Into <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very weird. Mm-hmm. Are you guys able to like while you're at work like have a stream up? No, I I can <laughs> I, I work from home a lot, so yeah. I, I have the stream up like a lot. Nice, nice. yeah. I uh, so in my class, he texted me. So it was oh, I was crazy when um, he texted me when Scump retired. And I had my last group of the day, which were fifth graders. You didn't cry in front of him, did you? I almost did. <laughs> I almost did. I, he sent me that he like full caps, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> You know, they were like, what, what? And, I, and there was two kids that knew, yep. which I was shocked by. I couldn't even believe that. They were like, like scum from Call of Duty. I'm like, what did you just say? Uh, yeah, the kids yeah. who don't say anything. I'm like, yeah. hold on, yo, you're my best student now. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I was yeah. like, you Come know on. who he is? <laughs> uh, I tell them, like, man, one of the greatest players ever. Yeah. Just called a yeah. career. They couldn't care less. I'm like, you don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, well, I get done at, what, 3.30? So, once the game start at, what, 4? Four thirty. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I only live like five minutes from my work, so I'll like on Fridays and stuff. Oh. I, yeah, you go to nice. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, I'll just haul ass home. And I, <laughs> yeah, I go order some food, throw on the uh, the fuzzy socks like you were saying, and just go watch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? So that's the move. I mean, that's what we're gonna do for the major. We took off what Thursday, Friday, Monday. Yeah, Thursday, Friday, and Monday. I mean, I'm just we're piecing out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, saying that I'm gonna be sick that day. <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah, I already know I'm gonna be sick. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I'm telling you that week I'm not gonna be sick. <laughs> <laughs> so. No, yeah, um, dude, do you have like any questions for us or like? Yeah, anything really? you want to know yeah, about yeah. us? Honestly, oh, we could do another episode. Yeah, I know. yeah, I know. The time's flying. Like I like it's already an hour and a half. That's crazy. <sighs> See, I can. You could ramble on. Yeah, I I, I, I could, I could keep too, talking. <laughs> we can keep going. You have you have one or two questions that things you want to know about us? Anything or. Anything about us, about the podcast, personal questions, uh, our views of the breach. <laughs> um, we made that. You don't clear. need to if you don't have any. We're not that important. No, I, I'm not gonna uh, let me. Uh, let me think of a, a few questions, and maybe we are uh, down the track. Set up another time. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'm gonna literally have like a hundred questions, and when we do when we do the next episode with you. Mm-hmm. Then that's when it w- the tables will be flipped. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll be interviewing <laughs> you two. <laughs> you get you yeah. and uh, <laughs> you and you <laughs> get you and uh, Zed to come down. Yeah, you guys mm-hmm. go interview. Yeah, you go. You'll fill them in on us. Yeah, be like we got to come up with questions for these people. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> like Justin, he really likes Black Ops Four. So what can we? What <laughs> trivia can we get him on that one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, do a trivia with us on Call of Duty. That won't go over well. Yeah, no, it wouldn't. Um, no, yeah, man. Like, we just want to say thank you, like, so much for being, uh, you know, our first ever guest, episode one hundred. Yeah, it's an honor, man. Yeah, yeah. honest to God, you know, huge, pleasure, uh, pleasure, huge milestone for us. You know, I'd like a hundred weeks in a row posting. Like, I'm not taking that lightly. Like, that's that's a lot of hard work. Yeah, man. You know? We we think about this like day and night all the time. Yeah. Um, and you know, we're talking, but we didn't tell anybody about it, and the people that we've we had like two people watching which was incredible to us. And now it's like, if we don't get a hundred people playing, we're upset. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just from doing it just yeah. over and over again and being like, we can't get discouraged, you know, cause we all, yeah, just, yeah. yeah. Anything yeah. we learned about content, it's like, no matter what, you know, I'm sick. I got work stuff. He's got work stuff. It's like, we just got to keep doing it. No yeah, matter no. what. Yeah. And like, again, like the whole goal of this, right. Is 
We just want more people to watch Call of Duty. Yeah. yeah. That's our entire goal. You know, like we're called the COD Casuals for a reason. We're not pro players. We're not trying to be pro players. Yeah. We just really big CDL fans. Uh, and we just want to get more people. In yeah. The scene. Yeah. Honestly, uh, I, I love the commitment and a well-deserved congratulations on a hundred weeks straight because I think every time I go for like, try to do a diet, it lasts about four days. So the fact that you guys have done a hundred weeks straight is that's impressive. Like, really really good thank you congratulations yeah, thank, thank you, you my friend yeah. appreciate it um and again thank you to everybody too that's been listening yeah and been enjoying it it's been along with 100 mm-hmm. episodes can't thank you enough mm-hmm. um we'll go plug all our socials and yeah do it every all of our episode. socials above do you, do you want to shout anything out i mean we'll leave all of your uh, socials down below come see us at the the boston breach major there you go feb second to feb fifth there there you go again just want to say thank you dent appreciate you for coming on our podcast you know you you could have easily ignored us (laughs) um but i I think that shows uh a lot like about yourself and your personality so truly appreciate it again um i think that's it right i think that's it man i think we're good all right thank you everyone this has been episode 100 uh make sure to go on anchor.fm slash the cod casuals uh we're on all streaming platforms um make sure to go on youtube like comment subscribe over there definitely go and watch this podcast uh because i know a lot of you guys are audio listeners but go watch this video yeah that definitely really cool um but yeah i think that's it that's episode 100 everyone Uh, We're your host, Justin. I'm Mike. See you guys next week. Take it easy, everybody. See ya.